just have one verse here. Jonah chapter 1, verse 6. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. And I want to preach on the title of a message, Awake to a New Day. Awake to a New Day. Pastor, sir, would you please pray? Father, thank you so much for this wonderful congregation, every heart, every soul. Thank you for your word. Thank you for our brother. And I pray God use him tonight. Speak to each one. Help us all to hear your message, to apply to our lives and become more like Jesus, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Again, preaching on the title of a message, Awake to a New Day. On January 4, 2000, it was reported that a woman named Patricia White Bull, for 16 years, she had been in a catastonic tape. What does that mean? A catastonic tape. She was in, in a coma. She was in a coma for 16 years. One day they were working on her. They had been feeding her. She could not be able to speak or swallow or even say very much. But on Christmas Eve, suddenly she came back to consciousness. Her first words were, don't do that. <laughs> the doctors were poking on her and the nurses and everything else. And that was the first words that she said out of her mouth. Don't do that. She was awake. Everything was all right. The doctors couldn't understand it, that this woman who was now 42 had woken up. She, she had went into this unconscious state where she was delivering her fourth child. And they could not understand why it was that she woke up. She began to say her children's names. She began to catch up because for 16 years she had been asleep. Before she went to sleep, there was no internet. There was no World Wide Web. The wall was still up over there in, in Berlin. There was Ronald Reagan was president. There were all these different things that had been going on since she had been gone. She had a lot of catching up to do. She said, I just woke up, and I need to know what's going on. One of her daughters came and gave her a hug. She got a hug back. It had been the first hug she had had in 16 years. And so and things were great. What? happened. That family, they were waiting for that day when she would finally wake up. They were waiting for that opportunity to come. They did not give up hope. They did not give up on it, but they did say, keep on going. There's got to be hope. There's still breath. There's still hope. And so we want to say today with, the, with Jonah, God has still had hope in Jonah. He still had faith in Jonah. Jonah still had breath. There was still hope that God could turn it around for him and that Jonah could turn things around. God was wanting to give him a new day. So awake to a new day. This could be our opportunity. We all love the fact that we can have a new day, don't we? A new start. We want to, there's times when we have a day that's just, we can't wait for that day to be over. We want a brand new day to start life over again, to live life once again, to say, hey, I can do better than I did yesterday. And that is what God was giving Jonah. He was giving him another chance. God wants us to have a new day. He said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, awake, awake thou that sleepest, rise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. So we preached about Jonah this morning, 
Don't want to re-preach it at all, but just a little bit if you weren't here. Jonah is a real character in the Word of God. We saw him in, in 2 Kings chapter 14, and we saw his call. We saw the call that God had put upon his life to go out and to preach to those bad, wicked sinners over there in Nineveh. God wanted him to go out there and to preach to them and to tell them to turn from their unrighteousness and their sin and to turn to the living God. But what did Jonah do? He went the opposite direction. He went the opposite way. And we talked about that this morning, how when we get away from God, we are going down, down, down. Just like Jonah did. Jonah went down to Joppa. Then he went down in the ship. He went down even further. He had to pay his own way. And as he kept on doing that, he went to sleep. And we talked about that, how we need to wake up. We need to wake up. God has a wake-up call for each and every one of us that we have to take heed to. That when that call comes, that we need to answer that call and wake up. So we talked about his course, about how he got away and how he was out of God's will, but he began to wake up. The Bible tells us in Jonah chapter 1 verse 4, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was excuse me, a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. And so God was responsible for the storm. God was responsible for sending that storm out there to go and rescue his prophet Jonah. God is responsible for these things that happen in our lives to try to bring us back to God. And when you are asleep spiritually, God will allow things to happen in your life. No coincidences. God wants for you to come back to him. So Jonah... In verse 5, it says, the mariners were afraid, and they cried, every man to his God. These guys were idol worshipers, but yet they began to cry out to their God. Jonah was asleep, but yet they had, seemed like they had more trust in their God than Jonah had in his own. So Jonah wasn't being a real good witness at this point. Jonah as he's out there sleeping in that ship, these guys are out there crying out to God. They knew that something was not right, that this was not a natural storm. This was something supernatural that they were facing. They had been through these things before, but this was something that they had never seen before. And you wonder, why is it that Jonah didn't wake up? We can be spiritually asleep. We are in a dangerous position. I think it was Pastor Devonshire said, we are in a dangerous position when we get to where we do not want anymore spiritually. Well, we are satisfied with where we are spiritually. And so Jonah got down in that ship. He was able to go to sleep because he had taken his eyes off of what he was supposed to be doing. 
we've got a call today. We've got a call today to go out there and to reach men and women for God. As we were talking about, we went out there soul winning. And had we not been out there, we might not have reached those people. We might not have reached those ones that came to that service this morning. You know, we're working on it. There's a uh, Reverend Perez. He's over in Washington. He grew up over here in St. Louis. He's got friends all over town. And it's people that he's trying to get out to church. And so he's texting me and he's texting pastor. And he texted me and said, hey, I need you to go pick up my friend. And then you know how the devil is. Things happen. They say, oh, I'm going to ride with this person. And this person got called into work. So I'm going to go with this person. And then this person didn't want to come. Well, long story, even longer. No, I'm just joking. But the man came to church anyway, all right? The man came. He heard the message. He said he's coming back. We got a call to go out there and do whatever it is that we can to reach men and women for God. So Jonah was out of the will of God, out and away from the call of God. And these men were calling out to their God. And then the shipmaster went out. In Jonah chapter 1, verse 6, the shipmaster came out to him and said, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Sleeper, what are you doing? How could you sleep at a time like this? How could you sleep when your family is in turmoil? How could you sleep when your finances are messed up? How could you sleep when your marriage is falling apart? How can you sleep? You need to be praying. You need to be on your face. You need to be calling out to God. How can you sleep when your health is in the situation it is? You need to be coming to church. I've heard it so many times, and I just get tired of hearing it. I got so much going on that I can't come. You need to come. It's the last place we need to stay away from is church. We need to come and be in church. The remedy is here. The medicine is here. What you need to get well is here. And the message is here to help you and to change your life and to make you get up and walk again. So the shipmaster said, can you sleep in a time like this? Jonah was the only one sleeping. Everybody else was trying to do something to save themselves. Throwing the the, the cargo overboard, crying out to their God, whatever it was. And so Jonah came up on deck and he finally saw what was going on. Lift up your eyes to the field. They're whites all ready to harvest. Look out and see what's going on in our world. Look out there and see the families that need help. Look out there in St. Louis and hear the cries of those that are calling out for help out there. Those that are lost. God needs you to go out there. Come up above from your problems. Come up and look at the things that are going on. See the needs. See the field. See the people. We need to draw them in and bring them in and let them know Jesus cares about them. See what's going on around you you'll stop thinking about your own problems and you start thinking about what other people have need of that's what Jesus did he didn't worry about what he had going on and what he had up in heaven but he worried about us and then that the fact that we needed salvation and it can only come through him and so the sailors they're on board with Jonah and they cast some lots. What does that mean? They, they got they're pretty much they got some dice, and they're trying to find out well, who's causing this problem. Who is it? So they do that, and the lot falls upon Jonah. They say, oh, it's Jonah's fault. Who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing here? 
Obviously, Jonah had not said too much to them. He said, well, um, I'm, a, I'm a prophet. Um, I serve God, the living God, and I am running away from him. Well, they knew they were in trouble now. <laughs> we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. I was overseas, and I, had, I was trying to get back home. And I was joking around with this guy. I was talking to him on the plane. I said, hey, man. He said, we're trying to get back. We were in Bosnia. We we're coming back home. He said, we're trying to get back. And um, I need to make sure I'm right with God. Because if I'm not, this plane might go down. He said, you need to make sure you're right with God. <laughs> so you need to make sure you're right with God, too. But he was in a bad place in his life right then and there. But it sounded like Jonah was starting to wake up. It sounded like things were starting to turn around for Jonah. It sounded like things were starting to look up for him. And he was starting to see the condition that he was in. And not only himself, but the condition that the other people were in. The condition that he caused for them to maybe be lost if he did not answer that call and get things right with God for his own self. As they say on the plane, if you're going to help somebody and and those masks come down, when things are going down, you need to put your own mask on and get yourself right and then help everybody else. We come, we pray, we get things right with God, and then we go and help other people bring them in so that they can get God for themselves also. Church is not just about us, it's about the people that we bring so that they can get saved. So they can fulfill that call. Speechers dream to see more people in the soul winning meeting. To see more people going out there. To see more people saying, hey, I can do something for God. Even if it's just a little bit of time. Let me take some cards. Let me have a burden. Let me know. Let somebody know that Jesus saves them. We pray and we agonize and we ask God and we call out to God. And let God do something in their lives. God do something in their hearts. Help them. Let them see the need of the city that we live in. And the people that are around us. God touch their hearts. And when people come and they respond, boy, it's just the satisfaction of knowing there's fruit out there. Their people love God. We have a city that God still wants to do something in. So Jonah was ashamed, but Jonah was starting to turn around. We need a new day. Jonah had these places in his life that we talked about this morning that were unconverted places in his life. There were things that he was still needing to deal with, things that he was still needing to overcome. That was the reason why he didn't go out to Nineveh in the first place. Still having these hatred towards these people. Yes, he was a prophet of God. Yes, he was called of God. But he still had these things in his life that he needed to get right. We want every part of our being to be filled with Jesus. We want every part of our life to be filled with God. I and mean, every nook and cranny, every crack, everything to be filled with Jesus. I don't want any part of my life not to have Jesus in it. I don't want any part of my life to be missing of, of Jesus and his presence and his spirit and his goodness. I want every single part. I wish every thought of mine would be of God and, and what I could do for the kingdom and how I could have faith and, and help somebody and pick somebody up and let somebody's life be turned around. 
I wish every thought was of faith and of healing and of God's glory and his goodness. I want every part of my life to be like that. I desire that. I want that. I want it to be in everything, to be nice and to be understanding and to be patient and to be kind and to be giving myself unto God. That's what I want for my life. We should all want that in our lives. To have those unconverted places to be converted in our lives. Jesus provides the infilling of that for your life. Look at the life of Jesus. That the enemy tried everything that he could to stop Jesus. He tried everything he could to get him in sin. He tried temptation. That didn't work. He tried the, the enemy of his, uh, the, his enemies to come out and, and try to talk about him and talk bad about him. That didn't work. He tried to take everything from him, having, having no food, no place to live. He tried all of that and tried to get him with that. That didn't work. The enemy tried everything. Why didn't it work? Because there was nothing in Jesus that the devil could put a, a, a foothold on. There was nothing in him that he could grab onto. There was nothing in Christ that the devil could grab or hold onto and to pull him and to pull him on his side. There was absolutely nothing. Even when it came to his trial, at the end of it all, when he was about to be crucified. Jesus did not sin at all, but he became a sin offering for us, a sacrifice for sin. There on the cross of Calvary, he didn't sin, but the sin of ours was placed upon him. And so Jesus wants to provide that filling for your life. This is the great thing about salvation. Salvation converts men and women. You can't call yourself a Christian and then still be living in habitual sin. That is not the definition of a Christian. As I was telling you about that lady this morning, she had told me that, well, this, this married man, that I found out he was married and now I'm dating him. He told me he was a Christian. I said, no, he's not. <laughs> in no uncertain terms, no, he's not. Becoming a Christian is not just coming to church once a week and saying a prayer and living the same old way that you've been living. Being a Christian means that I change, that I let God into the parts of my life, that I don't let anybody else in, that I open up the door and I give them the key and I say, come on in, do something in me, change my life, let me be different from what I was even yesterday. Let me be closer to you. C.S. Lewis as you know, you know, you've heard about C.S. Lewis, and we talk about him a little bit around here. We like, his, we like some of his books. And C.S. Lewis had a secretary. And that man said that C.S. Lewis was the most converted person that he had ever met. And C.S. Lewis used to, be, used to be one that did not believe in God. And C.S. Lewis got saved. And God was in his life. He said he was, he was nearly the most holiest person that he had ever met. Wouldn't that be a great testimony? To be the most converted person that somebody in your life knows. That they look at you and they think about you and they think about Jesus. They think about what Jesus did on the cross. 
They think about how Jesus died and he, and he bled for you for your sin. And about how he rose again on the third day. That there's got to be a Jesus if that person is living a different life. There's got to be a Jesus if they're not going to the club anymore. There's got to be a Jesus if they're not doing fentanyl anymore. There's got to be a Jesus if they're not drinking anymore or smoking anymore. There's got to be a Jesus. They don't beat up their kids anymore. There's got to be a Jesus. They provide for their family now. There has got to be a Jesus. We want to be the most converted people that people know about. We want to have a reputation in town. This is a soul-saving station that if you want your family to get saved, you need to send them on over here so that they can hear the message of salvation because their lives are going to be different when they walk out of this place. So Jesus wants to do all of the infilling. The goal of God is to have Jesus live in every part of your life. I talk about a new day. When I got saved, it was like I was living a different life from before. And I wasn't the same as I was. And when Jesus came in, there was a change in me. I felt different. And, when I, and, and, you know, that was the first time that I prayed, and I felt something that I had never felt before. I wanted to know about God. I didn't, I didn't think anything about God before that. I wanted to know about God. I wanted to read the Bible. There were people around me that didn't read the Bible, but I wanted to read the Bible. The things that I was doing before, I didn't have any, 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 any energy for them anymore, any hope for them anymore. Now the things that I'm doing, that when I'm giving myself to God, I'm happier now. I've got more peace now. I've got more joy. I'm following after God. I've got a place called heaven that's waiting on me. It was like I was living a new day every single day, a brand new life. I woke up from the dead. This lady had 16 years in a coma. I had 16 years of not knowing God. And one day God woke me up. And so it's a new day. Jonah needed a new day day, and God was trying to give him that. Satan is trying to use everything that he can to bring you back into darkness, but God wants to bring you into light, and he says, awake, awake. If you're sleeping spiritually right now, wake up. There's something so much better than the darkness that you're living in, that you can't see through, that you're stumbling over things, the things that you don't understand and you're falling down. Awake unto righteousness. Arise from the dead. Let Jesus give you light. Come out to that brand new day. Peter preached about it. I'm getting ready to close here. We could come to the instruments now. Peter preached about it in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, Peter preached about it. He preached about the promise. The promise of that, what would happen that day, that God was waiting on a specific day to come. That God had prepared his son, Jesus Christ, to be the one that would pour out the gift of the Holy Ghost. That God was waiting for that day when he could send his son out into the world. He would die on the cross for men and women. That he would rise on that third day. But what was the point of Jesus rising? Yes, so we could be saved. But salvation is not just an event. It's a process of our entire lives. That God wants to come into every part of our being. That God wants to fill every part of our life. And so God wants to come in. And by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Ghost, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, God fills every part of your life. He fills every part and you can have all of God that you can absolutely handle. 
Peter talked about that. He said that promise is unto you and to your children and as many as are far off, even unto the Lord our God shall call. We were the ones that were far off. That God had waited all this time. That God's waiting right now. He's waiting for this day and for this time for you to come and to get what you need from God. And so come. We're going to pray. We're going to take this time and this opportunity to pray and seek the Holy Ghost. If you need the Holy Ghost, come. Come and get what you need from God. The altar is going to be open and you can come and find what you need. And let God fill every part of your life. Wake up unto a new day. Wake up unto new hope. Wake up on one that Jesus wants you to do. Come and get what you need from him.